Welcome to episode five of The Bucket. My name is Andrew Delaney, and let's get right into it. This past week has been heavy in football news as free agents have been signing, people have been released, and they're gearing up for the real free agency starting in just a couple of days. The biggest news, in my opinion, is J.J. Watt has decided to sign with the Cardinals. I really don't understand this signing. I know that he got a decent amount of guaranteed money on a two-year deal, but he should really be looking for win-now potential. And the Cardinals, in my opinion, are definitely not win-now potential. Teams that he could have chose that could be win-now are Green Bay, which a lot of people thought he was going to go home to Wisconsin, where he played some uh, college football at, Uh, the Steelers, win now and tear up his brothers and also the Browns who are a good team an up and coming team are all choices that people thought he was going to do because winning now means having a good team built around you and the Cardinals just aren't that now the Cardinals do have some pieces but they're really not going to go anywhere they're in a loaded division that includes the Chiefs Rams and Seahawks the Seahawks are always at least decent the Rams just traded for Matt Stafford and could really be a decent team fighting for the wild card because you know the Chiefs are going to win this division for the next couple of years. Kyler Murray is not on the same level as the quarterbacks in this division. Now, are the Cardinals going to be bad? No, but they're not going to be the wild card team that they need to be because they're not going to win the division. It's flat out. They're just not going to win the division. They're going to have to win the wild card for the AFC and that's their only way to be in. So I don't know why JJ Watt did this. He should be in win now mode, especially with the injuries that he's had in the past. I don't know what the other contract offers he had looked like, but I don't like this move. Now JJ Watt will definitely be a force to be reckoned with still because he is probably still a top defender. And that brings me on to my next point and it's Russell Wilson. His name has been popped up in trade rumors for a little bit now, and I think that although he claims that he doesn't want to be traded, I think that maybe he should consider it now. And it's not just J.J. Watt in this league. There's there's Chandler Jones, there's Aaron Donald, there's Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, D. Ford. All of these guys are going to be absolutely tearing through this awful Seahawks O-line. So Russell might want to get out and go to a team that needs a quarterback that the and a team that might just need a quarterback to win. It might be his time to just win some, and we'll see how Pete Carroll fares without him. But the O-line for the Seahawks is such a serious issue that Russell Wilson just needs to get out. And although he claims he's not looking to be traded and that he wants to stay with the Seahawks, I think he might want to reevaluate that idea and go somewhere else for the rest of his career or just a couple years. But the Seahawks have not improved in their serious issue uh, for his longevity. I personally really, really like Russell Wilson, and I hope he can win some more because he's a really good player, and he's there's nothing not to like about him. He's mobile, but he can still sit in the pocket and throw. So I really want him to do something, and horrible O-line, and there's really nothing that the Seahawks have been doing about it. I just want him to move to somewhere that he can win and win in the future. Talking about some other quarterbacks that need to win now is probably Alex Smith. Is he the quarterback GOAT? No. But can he go in and help a team? Yeah, definitely. He showed that this year with the Washington Redskins or Washington football team. I'm sorry. Uh, He came in for Heineke 
and for Dwayne Haskins, and he led the team to a 5-1 record. He was criticized for having only a 66% completion percentage, but it's a bad team. Like, he didn't have the time in the pocket. He didn't have the team surrounding him that would lead to higher percentages. Yeah, he had Terry McLaurin, but, like, that's about it. I think it's really weird that they released Alex Smith. So I guess we do know now they're going with Taylor Heineke or they're picking someone in the draft. But can they really pick a QB at 19? A lot of the projections I've seen have all of the first-round QBs going way before the Redskins get their pick. Because you got to remember that the Redskins did win their division, so they're going to have a higher pick, even though they had a relatively bad record. That being said, I do think they should have kept Alex Smith if they wanted to go with Taylor Heineke. Even if they didn't want to start Alex Smith, Alex Smith has shown in the past that he can definitely mentor a quarterback to success because he was the quarterback before Patrick Mahomes, I'm pretty sure. And also, a lot of quarterbacks, you want them to... I don't know, be underneath someone for a little while before they start up and start. Those seem to have more success than, than those guys that you draft in the first round and you just plug them in thinking they're going to be great. For example, there's Tua not looking all amazing, even though he sat for a little bit. He still did start in his rookie year. There's Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, all guys that people thought would be great and went straight into playing. But then there's people like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Those people all sat for a little bit. Uh, Tom Brady sat for a year before playing. All of those guys ended up being great. So I think he, you don't really want to go with that QB pick in the first round if you desperately think you need a quarterback. You should really go and build somewhere else first. That being said, I do think that if they're going to do anything, which I don't think they will, they might trade up for the New York Jets' number two overall pick and select Zach Wilson out of BYU. The Jets, in my opinion, don't really need a quarterback, I think that Sam Darnold is definitely capable and they should focus elsewhere, maybe the O-line, maybe a little bit of defense, to build up their team there. They don't need a quarterback. Darnold is just fine for now. Is he going to win them a championship? I'm not sure about that one, but he definitely has the capability to do it in the future if they just give him time and give him a team. It's too early to hit the reset button on him because you j they just drafted him a couple years ago. They have to give him time to prove himself. And I think that he has been proving himself in what we've seen. He's no breakout like Josh Allen, but he's definitely good. Overall, I think releasing Alex Smith was probably a bad idea. They should be going into rebuild mode. Releasing your quarterback and going into rebuild mode aren't, shouldn't be, in my opinion, the same thing. I think that, in my opinion, for rebuilds, one rookie will not turn a team around. One player might be able to turn a team around like Tom Brady could because he had success. He had stature in the league. He had the ability to bring other players in. But one rookie will not bring a bunch of players in, will not make free agents want to sign with you, will not make people want to take smaller deals so they can play with you. One rookie will do nothing to help you at the moment. For a rebuild, you need to focus on a solid line and solid defense before you really focus on your QB wide receiver running back. A good line can make a decent running back look like an all-star. A good line can make a decent quarterback look like a pro bowler. Wide receivers have more time to get off the line, more time to make their good cuts to get open for the quarterback if they have a good line. So that's why I think that really teams that go into rebuild mode should not be looking for their franchise quarterback. They should be looking for their franchise lineman. 
Think about some of those like one-off teams that have just won Super Bowls in the past. It's not because they had the great quarterback and the greatest running back and the greatest wide receivers like that Eagles team, but they had a solid, solid, solid offensive line and their defense played spectacularly. So that's kind of my opinion what the art of the rebuild is, is that you want the line and a D. If Tom Brady, Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, Jim Brown, some of the greatest players of all time came together but had a bad offensive line or a subpar offensive line and a bad defense, you know what would happen with that team? They'd miss the playoffs. Maybe if they're lucky, they'd make the playoffs. So like even some of the best players of all time, if they come together but don't have those other pieces, they're not going to do anything. So finding your franchise quarterback before finding your franchise lineman is a bad idea. All that's going to happen is your players are going to get beat up. They're going to get hurt. Try to do something that they can't do, and they're going to get cut. And then they're going to go to a team with a line, and they're going to look great, and your team is going to look stupid, and your front office is going to look stupid in front of the entire world. This is kind of what I think might happen with Carson Wentz, but at the same time, Wentz has some other issues with his mechanics and his decision-making skills that just might not transfer. But just to recap, how the art of the rebuild, in my opinion, is line, defense, before QB, wide receiver, and running back, and other skill positions. Moving over to the NBA, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how the Celtics have really been struggling, and they have only continued to struggle. They're currently, at the time of me writing my uh, little outline, they were in sixth place, they were 17-17, and 17, and have lost six of their last 10 games. Um, this is because of a multitude of reasons. One of them is that Jason Tatum has really been slumping. In 38 minutes versus Indiana, he did not record double-digit points, and he had one assist in nine rebounds. That was an awful game. And in the game prior, in 31 minutes versus Atlanta, he went 13-1-1. One, and one. Now, other than that, a lot of his games, he's been averaging 25 points per game, and he's been playing really well. But you just can't do that. When you're the leader of this team, you can't average under 15 points and expect to win. Another thing that I've seen is that uh, Jalen Brown is day-to-day with a knee injury, and also Romeo Langford and Marcus Smart are both hurt, two really good players for them, which leaves just Semi Ogilvie and Aaron Naismith at the small forward and shooting guard spots, which is definitely not who they want playing. Don't get me wrong, I like Ogilvie, but Marcus Smart is definitely an upgrade to him. Their recent losing streak is probably more attributed to the injuries and a little bit of a slump out of Tatum than chemistry issues like we expected before. But at the same time, it still might be time to make a trade. Maybe trade. They have an overabundance at the power forward position and the biggest positions and also at point guard. So maybe make a trade of a point guard and a power forward in exchange for some shooting guard, small forward, and maybe a center. That could help uh, boost their scoring and boost their defense a little bit. And overall, it might help them get back on track. I do think that Kemba Walker is still on the table for trades here. Moving into a little bit of spring training talk. James Talon's Yankees debut was a full seven pitches and one inning before he got pulled. I haven't seen anything on why he was pulled after seven pitches, but... It didn't seem right. Maybe it's because they want to keep his arm fresh after not pitching for so long after Tommy John. But still, I think seven pitches is just not enough. They should have given him a second outing. Because I know as a pitcher, seven pitches is nothing. It's You could do that in a bullpen. If you go into a game and seven pitches, it's literally nothing. He should have had a second inning, maybe 15. 
I know that Bauer, his early on is like 15, 25, something like that. I saw in his interview. So I think Talon definitely should have thrown a couple of more. But the Yankees decided to pull him. That's whatever. That's the Yankees issue. Speaking of Trevor Bauer, he let up one hit in two innings of work with two strikeouts, I believe. I watched the game. I just don't remember what it is. Um, Kenley Jansen flirted with an immaculate inning, throwing only nine pitches, having two strikeouts. And every pitch he threw was a strike. Just the last one of the inning was a batted ball in the plate of first where he just easily ran it over to end the inning. Gavin Lux looks really good, at least in his first game back. He had two hits, one run, and three at-bats in LA's 10-0 win over Colorado. Lux is really in regular season mode right now for him mentally because he needs to earn this full-time second base spot. Especially with Kike gone, it is Lux's spot to lose. Thank you for listening to The Bucket. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at adelaney1342 and follow The Bucket Pod on Instagram for updates. And I'll see you next time.